Welcome to the Legal Creatives Podcast. In today's episode, I would like to talk to you about why legal design is not about design thinking for the law. And so if it's not about design thinking, then what is legal design truly about? Well, that's what I want to talk to you about in today's episode. I'm Tessa Manuelo, founder and CEO of Legal Creatives, and in this podcast, I'm sharing with you my real-life insights in legal design to help you do legal design, to help you do more legal design, and to help you do great legal design. And by the way, I want to say thank you to everyone who's been listening to the podcast and leaving comments and reviews. I really appreciate all of your feedback and I do take it into account. So if you would like me to discuss some really specific topics, feel free to leave it in the comment section so I can take a look. So let's dive into today's topic. To be honest, I am thrilled for today's topic. Because I truly believe legal design is not just about design thinking, and it is really so much more than that. But before I tell you what legal design truly is, we need to understand what it's not. And to do that, we need to know what's design thinking. Design thinking is an innovation methodology. This methodology has been used and is still being used in many industries and sectors around the world in order to come up with innovative solutions. It's a methodology that uh, requires uh, us to follow very specific steps. And in that sense, it's a very structured methodology, but it's also a very universal methodology. And in that sense, design thinking works in different industries, in different countries, and has been successful to tackle some very, very tricky challenges and sometimes has been successful as well to improve the existing offer, the existing products, the existing system. I think to make it really simple, I want to tell you a quick story. And I think it's one of the most interesting story because it really explains so well what is design thinking all about. You may have heard the story of this young Lego girl who was going to get a brain scanner in the children's hospital and she entered the scanner room and she was so scared by the machine that she just didn't want to do the brain scanner, but she needed to do it. And so her parents, especially her dad, who is an engineer who has been actually, uh, who has created this machine, tried to make sure that her daughter would be feeling more confident and to reassure her. But she was crying and crying and crying. And so the process of the brain scanner was not just uh, painful, but emotionally very painful. Emotionally, it was very difficult for the little girl to do the brain scanner. And so that means it caused delays. And because of the delays, uh, the hospital could not use the machine to its full capacity. So it created other types of problems. But at the beginning, it was about this little girl who was scared to take the brain scanner. And so the dad, who was the engineer who created the machine, decided to redesign the machine and to make it more user friendly. So thinking about the user, in this case, the little girl, uh, how can we make the experience of the brain scanner more user-friendly to make sure that the users, in this case again, children are gonna be uh, less reluctant to do the brain scanner. And also this is gonna help in turn with 
the uh, effectiveness of the whole system in the hospital since children will have less fear, they will just do the brain scanner faster and that will allow the hospital to do more brain scanners every single day. So this is just a quick example to tell you what is design thinking all about. So you understand now that design thinking is about understanding who's the user, what the user needs, and create a solution that is adapted to the user. And in this case, the solution was the redesign of the machine. And there were other features that we added. I don't want to go too much into the details. I think you get it. It's about creating a new experience of a system, of a product, uh, of a service. And so design thinking has been used in many industries before it's been used in the legal sector. And let me ask you something. Have you ever heard of, say, financial design? Probably not. I don't think you have heard about financial design. It does not exist. Have you ever heard about hospitality design? I doubt you have. I really don't think hospitality design exists. Have you ever heard about um, space design? Maybe space design would make sense, but I really doubt it exists either. So why did we come up with the word legal design? If in other industries, we have seen professionals and organizations and institutions use design thinking in the financial sector, in the hospitality sector, in the space sector, without coming up with a new name, then why legal design? Well, I think there's a couple of very compelling reasons that justify that we use the word legal design. But I think the way we use legal design and the way we do legal design today is not, is not right. Because today what we do in the legal sector is we apply the design thinking methodology in the law, in the, law, in the legal sector, and then we say this is legal design. But there has not been such a thing in the financial sector. We do not have financial design. We do not have, again, hospitality design. We do not have all of that. We have design thinking. So what is so special about legal design? Well, I think legal design has something very special, but I don't think we are using it to its full potential. What do I mean by that? I mean, legal design cannot just be the application of design thinking for the law. Then it's not legal design. It's just design thinking applied to the legal sector, just like we applied legal design, uh, design thinking in the financial sector, just like we applied uh, design thinking in, the, in, in this case for the, uh, uh, in engineering for creating this new brain scanner machine. It's just about design thinking. So what is legal design all about? Well, legal design should be more about, should be more taking into account the specificities of the legal sector. The legal sector, we will all agree, is extremely different from any other industry. First, it's highly regulated. Um, it has sort of very novel purpose. I mean, we all agree that working into the law is novel. It's about helping people, businesses, organizations, and institutions uh, solve their disputes, uh, understand their rights. And also, it's at the end of the day, it's really about making sure the rule of law is effective, that we live in a democracy where we understand what we're supposed to do, what we're not supposed to do, and those rights are sort of enforceable. 
So it is very noble, it is very regulated, there's a very, very legal culture um, and we could talk more about that, but this is not the topic of today's episode, but we all agree this, this is a culture that is very, very specific to the legal industry. So then if legal design exists and if legal design now is a word, then it shouldn't just be about the application of design thinking in the law. It should be much more than that. It should be taking into account those regulations. It should be taking into account the uh, sort of highly purpose of the law. And it should be also taking into account the culture and possibly also taking into account the laws and uh, all of the regulations uh, that have been enacted inside the law to make the law what is the law today, right? So in this case, legal design should truly be taking into account this culture, taking into account those regulations, taking into account this sort of high purpose of the law and really become a new methodology a new methodology that is going to serve the stakeholders in the legal sector to not just enhance the rule of law, but also to help professionals uh, do better in order to help people, the users, the organizations, institutions uh, understand the legal system better make it more understandable, make it more user-friendly. Going back to the example of the brain scanner, it's a, it was about making the brain scanner user-friendly so it's more used. Total makes sense, it makes total sense. But in the legal sector, we tend to believe that because the law is so complicated, um, we just cannot make it user-friendly. But I think this is where the potential of legal design lies. It's about taking into account all of the regulations, taking into account the culture, taking into account the purpose of the law and developing a new methodology that is legal design, that is not just about applying design thinking to law, but is about combining legal design methodologies and features with the legal sector. It's about, it's a combination. And so, what we've done at EgoCrit is we started this journey to combine design thinking into different legal fields. Because every legal field is different. Every legal field has its own specificities, its own regulations, its own laws. And so we need to come up with a systematic approach to legal design, in legal design. Just like design thinking created its own systematic approach to creating new solutions, legal design should also have a systematic approach for the law, for each field of law. And this is what we started to do at Legal Creatives. It's been many years now, we've been researching and investigating what is legal design truly about. We've been doing our research and I'll be so happy to share more in one of the next episodes about the origins of design thinking and legal design. But I think for today's, I would like to leave you with this thought that legal design is not just about the application of design thinking in the law, but it's the combination of design thinking with the law. And I think this is, if there is one takeaway I want you to take, it's this one. This, how are you going to combine design thinking with the law? 
And this is what I really encourage you to do. So you can come up with a systematic approach that is very structured and that is going to become a proven system because you're going to be testing it and you're going to be collecting feedback. Just like I said in the previous episode, you need to measure the success. You need to track using metrics and hence you're going to be able to create your own methodology. We've been working at creating our own approach to legal design in this line of thought, combining design thinking with the law. And for that, we're doing it collectively uh, with all of our members and, and uh, active community members to really harness the expertise of everyone to come up with those methodologies. In this, in this way, once you start combining design thinking with the law, you're starting to get a more effective methodology because you're already taking into account all of the different aspects of the law that needs to be taken into account. Hence, you are becoming much more effective when you want to come up with innovative solutions. And so this is why I believe legal design has still a lot of, there's still a lot of work to be done. And I really encourage you to participate in the creation and co-creation of legal design, in the creation of the systems, of the methodologies, because we still have a lot of work to do. Otherwise, we just do design thinking for law. But then it shouldn't be called legal design. You see my point. So that whether you would like to come up with innovative solution or whether you would like to really come up with a systematic approach to innovation for the law, it's for you to decide which way you want to go. But as long as you are aware about what is the approach you're taking, design thinking or legal design, you need to be aware so you can advocate in a more accurate way for your services. You can be influencing in a more effective way as well because it makes more sense this way. And I really look forward to hear what you're going to be doing, taking action on this podcast. Because again, this podcast is about you taking action. Remember, every podcast, episode, I'm challenging you to take action. And so the action I would like you to take now is to start reflecting about the sector in which you're working. And I want you to start thinking about how design thinking can be combined with the law that you're dealing with. And once you start thinking about that and applying design thinking to the own creation of your methodology, you're going to be so much more effective in your innovation work. So I hope this podcast was useful. Please do let me know uh, how you feel about this podcast. Uh, I mean, how, wh what are the thoughts that you have now? And also, I would like you to tell me what type of action you're going to take. So you can always leave a comment or you can always find me at legalcreatives.com. And I really look forward to seeing you take action in the combination of design thinking for the law and not just in the mere application of design thinking for the law. Stay creative. We'll talk really soon. And make sure to subscribe to this podcast and to tell your friends and colleagues to subscribe so they can also follow uh, the thread uh, and they can also start taking action with you. Stay creative.